Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. My guest today is Antoinette Fay, Ireland's only female AIBA two-star amateur boxing coach. Antoinette trained seven provincial champions, four national champions, two international champions, and one senior elite finalist. Antoinette, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call. How are you today? I'm good, and I'm very happy to, to join you here on, on Coaching Call. I'm looking forward to this. So You're Ireland's only female AIBA two-star amateur boxing coach. I am. Uh, that did not come by easy, I'm sure. No, it didn't. I know. No, and you're so amazing. So would you mind starting from when did you get involved with boxing? Or who prompted you as well? Yes, it's no problem. When did I get involved in boxing? Um, Let me see. Uh, Years ago, my father was a boxer and a big boxing fan. And he is the one who sparked my interest in boxing. Mm -hmm. But if we roll forward several years later, I joined a local club where I lived to give them a hand with their paperwork and administration and I was secretary of the club. Mm. And being secretary of the club, I was there when, when, when they were all training and I was training myself because it's a great way. Boxing is one of the best ways to keep fit. Right. Even if you right. never step inside the ring, it's a great sport for getting yourself in good shape and keeping fit. So mm. I was doing that. But uh, they had an awful lot of underage boxers in the club and they needed and an awful lot more young girls coming into the club. Mm-hmm. And they needed women to help coach the younger generation and especially uh, young young women and young girls coming into the club. Nice. So the head coach at the time asked me would I be interested in taking part in the Irish Athletic Boxing Association coaching course. It's a level one for, for training coaches to work in clubs at national level. Mm. Um, everybody gets trained the same around the country. So I said, I said, yes, I'd love to, um, because boxing has always been a passion of mine. So I did that level one coaching course. And little did I know with doing that level one coaching course, what it would lead to. Mm. Um, so I carried on in the club. I was training girls. I trained two provincial champions. And then one of them went on to become a national champion. Mm. And from there, the officer board 
of the IABA and the Boxing Council, who run the sport of boxing in Ireland, invited me up to to take part in training the national teams. Awesome. And being interested in learning at a much higher level, especially when you're training teams for international level. So I accepted that invitation and that's where it started. And from there, I was around coaches like my husband, who wasn't my husband at the time, uh, Billy McLean, who is one of the world's top 10 international youth coaches. Mm. Um, he was training the, the, the youth teams and the junior teams. I also had uh, the opportunity to watch and learn and participate with some of the senior teams when I got an invitation from Billy Walsh himself oh. to to learn a little bit more. Yes, which is very unusual because, you know, Billy Walsh, who is the head coach of Ireland at the time, never worked with female coaches at, a, at an international level. So he obviously seen something there because he's very good at spotting and developing talent. I'm, I have to, to give him his due there. Billy Walsh is very, very good at that. He spotted something and invited me along with a senior team to the Stranger Tournament in Bulgaria. So that was my first outing with a senior team mm. of of uh, and these were the elite boxers. And from there, then I had the opportunity to go forward to take part in the IABA, which is the World Body One Star Coaching Course. Mm. Because at international level, you must have your international stars. Right. Otherwise, you cannot enter the field of play in amateur boxing um, it, unless you have your stars. You can't do the corners. You can't hand up in the corners. You can't enter the field of play at all. So you must be registered with the world body as having your coaching badges. And I did the one star international. And then a couple of years later, um, I was asked, would I be interested in going forward to doing the two star, which took place in Lviv in Ukraine, which was very different than when I did the the one star. Because I had to travel to Ukraine and stay there for a week. And there I was with other coaches from Russia, Kazakhstan, Great Britain, Iran, Greece, mm. France, uh, Uzbekistan. So an awful lot of these coaches uh, didn't actually speak English. Right, right. Um, the tutors, one spoke English and one spoke Russian for, for the other countries. And being a woman at that level, it was uh, quite a... Quite an intimidating experience because an awful lot of these other countries don't have women who are coaching at international level at all. So they don't. So It's all a, a men's world, huh? Very, very much so. So, you know, for that one week, I did have to prove myself. And I did. And I passed with, with uh, distinction and I got my two-star. And all the time, I was working with our national team. So I've been to many European uh, championships mm. with our, our Ireland's national junior and youth teams. I've been to many multi-nations from juniors to youths to senior elite level, and that's working with our Olympic boxers as well. So I've been quite lucky. As I said, it's taken many years to get to this level, and um, I'm hoping sometime in the future that I won't be the only woman in Ireland to hold the two-star, that hopefully when everything opens back up again, that I will see some more women from Ireland going forward because female two-star coaches, there's only a handful of us in the world. Mm. And the top level you can get at amateur level is three-star and there's even fewer of them at that level. I know, so it's quite a privilege to to say that I am 
actually an international two-star boxing coach. And I've learned quite a lot over the years. As I said, I've learned from Billy Walsh. I've learned from Zara Anthea. I've learned from my husband, Billy McLean. Um, I got to spend time with Oleg Maskinov, who was the head coach of Russia at one stage. His boxer Mm. won a medal at the 2016 Olympics. I've had the privilege of being able to watch uh, and learn from GB coaches who work with the GB teams, the French coaches, the German coaches. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a privilege to be able to watch and learn and study coaches at that high level. And it is the highest level that you're, you're operating from to learn how, how they train their boxers, what makes them some of the best in the world. Right, uh, right. the methods they use, the structures they use. It's it's fantastic. And I've used all that and taken that back into my own toolbox and I use it every day. Nice. So it is so yes, that's that was my took quite a uh, quite a number <laughs> of years to get there, but I got there in the end. <laughs> exactly. You know, w- one of the things that you said is that you you were lucky. The other word for luck is work. <laughs> because oh, you know, yes. <laughs> you, know <laughs> you didn't just say, "Oh, I hit the lotto." It, you actually worked for your your achievements and everything that you've been able to do. Let's go back even earlier. Oh yeah, I, I know we had a conversation already, and you told me that you you have brothers, right? I do indeed. Yes, and, and they were allowed to box, but not you at the time. Tell me about that. That's correct. Yes, when when I first started getting interested in boxing, I have three brothers, and my father always used to teach them boxing. So we did, but at that time, and you're going back into the 70s now when I was growing up, so, you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Mm. Women, uh, there was no women in boxing clubs. There was no girls in boxing clubs. There was no there was no boxing tournaments or championships or competition for girls at all. If a girl walked into a boxing club, she'd be told to leave mm-hmm. because it's a man's domain and only men train in boxing clubs <laughs> and right. young boys and stuff. There was an even change of facilities. You couldn't use the bathrooms or anything like that. So my father... He used to teach me how to box at home using my brothers. Um, He would teach me in the kitchen, so he would, (laughs) which was always interesting. So he used to teach me how all the basics, all your jab and your cross and your hook and your foot movement and your lips and rolls and bobbing and weaving, as he used to call it, to teach Mm -hmm. me how to bob and weave and, and how to counter from that. And he used to let me spar my brothers. I know. So when you grow up with no sisters and three brothers, you learn to punch a little bit faster. <laughs> you try and be a little bit stronger. <laughs> because Absolutely. your brothers didn't hold back at that stage. No, they you know, didn't they hold hit back, you, huh? They hit you. <laughs> so, exactly. So it was It was from there. That's where my, my interest started in boxing because I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Mm. But because women were not allowed in boxing clubs, my father also sent me to a martial arts academy. I, I do hold a black belt in Wadaroo. Mm. And I got that when I was 16 years old. So between the both, I used to take part in, I used to train boxing in my in my kitchen. And then three nights a week, I would be off practicing martial arts right. with my sensei in, in, in the local community center, which was, which was fantastic. So I got to experience two different sports, albeit they're all combat sports. <laughs> of course, of course. So let me ask you, was it a big kitchen or a small kitchen or a medium-sized kitchen? Oh, no, it was a small kitchen. It was only a small kitchen. Then your moves were very tight, I guess. You had to, right? So all your movements were a little bit more confined and, and you really had to move around. Had to, yes. You had to fight three of your brothers yeah. and they didn't hold back. No. So it was always a, a great battle and a great opportunity 
for you to actually get them back? And, and how did that turn out? I always won. Always. <laughs> <laughs> always won. My brothers would probably say different because, you know, they can't go out and tell all their friends, my sister beat me up. Right, That's right. not going to happen. <laughs> you know? So, yes, I always won. My father always said, he used to say to me, it's an awful shame you were born a girl I could have made you world champion. <laughs> Your oh, aggression is just second to none. <laughs> Right, right. He used to always slag me over that, you know. So, but I have to say, in in growing up and 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 getting into coaching, he was very proud, very proud of my achievements. He has he's passed away now. My, my father's before years gone now. Oh, sorry, sorry to hear that. But he he was very proud of what I did achieve in boxing and mm-hmm. becoming a coach and traveling the world and representing my country. He was very proud of him for him. To see that uh, going out in, 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 you know, local social media and on the IABA website and stuff like that. Mm. And he used to always love to listen to my stories about the competition right. from around the world. So, yeah, I know. So he always used to say to me, remember, I give you your start. I said, I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so awesome that your, your dad was, uh, you know, wanted to hear, your, you know, your stories and what happened when you traveled and so forth. And, and oh, God, the fact that he was so proud of you and, and the fact that, you know, he realized that you had that potential and, and he treated you oh, yeah. as an equal when you think about Back in the day, even men were saying, oh, no, that's for boys only. But your dad didn't think that way because his true love showed for you. And he said, you know, you're one of my one of my kids, period. I don't care if you're a boy or girl. And, and that's very admirable for your dad to be able to do that. Because even back in those days, other men may never have done that with their children. Oh, no, no. My friends were still playing with dolls and... and playing dressy up and pushing, you know, the dolly's palms around. <laughs> I had a set of boxing gloves. Yeah. So yeah, there was a big difference. You, you had different <laughs> toys. <laughs> you had co- combat toys. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I know. So, no, he, he always did. He always said that. He said, a girl needs to know how to defend herself. He says, I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself. I know. Mm. And he says, I'm going to teach you the sweet science, the art of boxing. He said, because you never know one day, he said, grown up, it may save your life. I know. So now, thankfully, that's never that day has never come. Please God, but right. you know, I I've used what he taught me to to get where I am today, which is fantastic. Well, what he taught you kind of changed your life, if you think about it. Because what other career would you think you would have had had you not done boxing? Oh, that's that would be that would be very hard because I've always been involved in. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't imagine right. what what I would be doing right now. I know I don't see myself as a a person sitting down in an office right. all day, every day. And fair play to people who do it, and that's what they like and they love, and and it's their, their way of life, and they end up living that way. But um, uh, my office is the gym, mm-hmm. and it's always been that way for me. That's my office. That's where I do everything. Right, right, is right. inside the four walls of the gym. So at one at one point, you were elected member of the Boxing Council of Ireland, right? How did that come about? Yes, that was that was a great learning experience for me because, as you know, um, well, you may not know, but you know, there's a lot of politics involved in the background of boxing as oh, well, yeah, and in the running here. of boxing, and <laughs> even even oh, in God, the United yeah. States, yes, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So um, I've always been politically active, uh, especially when it comes to equality within sport itself, across all the playing fields, whether it's boxing or anything else. But um, because I worked as a a secretary 
in my local club. I was then asked when I went to train with the national teams, the officer board then and the then president at the time, Mr. Dominic O'Rourke, would have spotted uh, a talent that I have for administration mm. and asked me would I be interested in taking on the role of national secretary to the Women's Committee. Mm. And I said, absolutely, anything that I can do to help right. in any way. So I did. I took that role on. And from there, then the national elections within the sport came up. So I, I was asked, would I be interested in running as a member at the time, there was only one woman, the Boxing Council member board, and I was asked, would I be interested in running as, uh, for that as well? So, and with all the skills that I have, because you need your administration skills and a strong voice in relation to, to any sport. And, and I said yes, and I got elected by the clubs from around Ireland. And I was one of two women who was re-elected back onto the Boxing Council of Ireland board. And, and I stayed there for, it's a two-year term. Right. And I really enjoyed my time there. So I learned quite a lot. I learned a lot about the running of the sport in the background and the politics behind the sport and, and the amount of work that goes into getting kids involved in boxing, uh, bringing them into the doors of the club, training them, getting them to international competition, working with budgets and the, the money that would come from the kind of the sports council and doing budgets and mm -hmm. learning all about all that administration stuff. And of course, meeting other clubs and coaches and administrators and officials from around the country. It was very um, eye-opening and very educational. And I, I enjoyed my time on it. Oh, I can only imagine. You, you didn't stop there because you're also a sport fitness and nutrition coach. So you went even deeper into it in helping people. Tell us, tell us what made you make that decision. Well, it was through coaching mm -hmm. at uh, international level, coaching at that high, that that highest level. I got very interested into the mechanics of how the body works, yeah. of the kind of nutrition. Because, as you know, with all boxers, it's all about weight yes. and and weight management and standing on those scales. But when you're working, especially when you're working with underage boxers, they're still developing and they're still growing, and a lot more education needs to go into helping club coaches educate their boxers at that young age so that they're not dropping weight dramatically for a competition that's coming up because it's not good for them. It's not good for their health overall, right. especially in young girls who are still developing. So I went back to college and I spent three, four years in college studying sports fitness and sports science. Mm. And I got my uh, distinctions and my honours and, and my degrees and all in that. And I used that then to help other boxers from within my own community by giving them the advice and training them. And then and then I got my own place up and running. And I have a mixture of boxers as well as people out there who, as I said before, who love the sport of boxing, who want to train like a fighter, who do, they don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. But they may never set foot in the, in the ring, but they want to get fit. Right. And they want to get healthy. And they just love the whole concept of training like a fighter because they know it's tough. Boxing is one of the hardest fitness levels to reach right. in, in the world in all sports. So you need to be very fit. So I used all of my knowledge and put that into the people come through the door in the club and I use it to help out other boxers around the country in Ireland because a lot of people travel to me and to my husband to do training and to get themselves prepared now. 
unfortunately nothing has happened over the last little while because of the COVID. Right. There's there's nowhere open and no gyms are open, so everything's kind of on hiatus. But we still we still run stuff through Zoom and through online coaching as well. Boxers are getting in touch with from around the country who want to carry on with their fitness training, with their boxing training, with their nutrition. So it's the boxing that led me back to college to to seek that and get more education on it so that I can understand how the body works, how a fighter works, exactly what's needed at different times of training camp, mm-hmm. whether it when they first walk in for conditioning or Pacific. I have much more knowledge when you're talking and dealing with your boxers. So that's that's where it led to. Right, right, right. That, that makes a lot of sense because when you think about it, it's not one facet that the box is going for. They have, they need everything, not only Absolutely. the training, but they need the mental aspects as well, because they have to be able to step in there and know that, you know, that's why not everybody can, can be a boxer. I mean, a professional type of boxer, because yeah. <laughs> you got to step in there and say, hey, I might get punched in the face too. <laughs> so, and that's not for everybody, but it, it takes a special type of person where they're willing to take that. And, and they know that's part of the process to becoming a world champion or becoming an athlete of any kind. There are some things that you have to understand and face because when you step into the ring, it's not just I'm, I'm going to come out not touched. You hope you don't come out too badly, but you know that there is going to be that possibility that you're going to get body shots, you're going to get head shots. And when you step into it, you, you have to have that mindset. So how do you how do you prepare someone? Let's say someone's never stepped into a boxing ring. How do you mentally prepare them to go into that and realize that you know that you may get hit? Yes. Well, when you have somebody who's coming into to train who's never set foot in the ring, first you really you you, you kind of look at look at them. You see how they move. You teach them the basics. You teach them how to jab and cross. You teach them their foot movement. You teach them their head movement, defense, counter shots. And that's where the the process of building their confidence begins. It starts long before they ever set foot in the ring. Mm -hmm. You teach them how to move around the bags. You teach them how to work on the pads. And then, of course, you bring in your school combat, which is specific. When, when they get to a level that they can move and they have the basics, um, it, it could be simple simple things like, you know, you have your two boxers there. Boxer A throws a jab and a cross. Boxer B must block, slip and counter with a backhand. That's their first introduction to somebody standing in front of them mm-hmm. and throwing the shot all in a controlled environment. So they're only working at 40, 50%. Till they get the the basics and they learn how to move, and from that, then you start introducing them into sparring in the ring. So long before they step into a ring for competition, mm-hmm. um, you use your coach's eye and you watch. Because as I said, and you said yourself, a lot of people love to come in and to train and want to be a fighter and they want to be a world champion. And yes, as a coach, you use your coach's eye and you'll spot you'll spot talent straight away and you'll work with talent and you'll bring it on. But then there's the others who, who may never win a world title but love boxing and, and you look after them as well. So you build their confidence up from a very early stage. You put them in the ring and you'll know from the first time they get hit in the face and they'll know from the first time they get a hit in the face mm. what it is for them or not. They know or the first yeah. time they take a shot to the body and they have to go down and take a knee. If they are strong enough and confident enough and, and have and build up a, a resistance, 
you see it in them. It's natural. My father used to always say, you can't develop heart. You're either born with it or you're not. <laughs> I mean, and if you have heart, there's nothing going to stop you. Right. So even if you get hit 50 times in the face, you get back in the ring until you only get hit 20 times and you keep improving yourself all the time. You kind of have to use your coach's eye to know mm-hmm. who is going to be able for competition in the ring and who isn't. Some Some people are. Some people are not. So it really depends on the individual. But as for mental preparation, it starts from the very first time that you, you teach them how to throw their first jab. And that's where you start building their confidence. Yeah, right, right. And, and that's so important that you brought that up because confidence is a very important aspect of getting into anything because you need to feel comfortable that what you're going to do is going to benefit you. Absolutely. Right. Because that, that's that's how you build somebody's confidence and you keep showing them that what they're doing yes. is actually working. <laughs> so that because I mean if you put somebody in the ring the first time they come in and they get whooped or, or you know, they get punched in the They'll face too so many times, no. they may never come back and they may not they'll ne- they may never find their true potential. There are some people that will go, Okay, I got hit in the face, no. I'm gonna go in again. But not everybody. So, you know, I, I like the way that you're thinking because it allows someone to yeah. understand movement first. And and like you said, as, as having a coach's eye, for me, movement is critical. It's everything. It, it lets me know what is lacking in a person and where I can actually guide them. Because if they can't use their left hand and their righty, then we need to work on the left if, and, and vice versa. Exactly. Their southpaw, I, I need to work on that. And, and how how soon do you also start them on speed bag as well? Because I love speed bag. I think it's a it's a great tool. How, how soon do you get them started on speed bag? Well, first of all, it's teaching them the, the uh, uh, fundamentals of how to throw a punch and how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That if they throw a jab and cross and they're using the speed bag, that that they're doing it correctly because an awful lot of I've noticed young boxers and clubs will hit bags wrong and end up doing damage in the long term. Mm-hmm. It's all those tiny little bones in the hands and in the wrist, right. um, and it's teaching them how to wrap the hands correctly right. and and how to hold the hands correctly, how to deliver the punches correctly. And once they have that, then I would introduce them to a speed bag. So I would. As as we always say, only proper practice makes perfect. So the more they practice, the better they come. Yeah. And and there is an old saying out there: you, you you do it until you can't get it wrong. You keep practicing until you just can't get it wrong because it comes second nature mm-hmm. to you. So that when you go to a speed bag, you know exactly what to do, and you're doing it correctly, and it just comes natural to you, like breathing in and out. It, it is. You know, it, it's uh, it's very funny that you say that because a lot of people practice but they don't practice correctly exactly <laughs> what winds up happening especially if they have big egos because they you know mm-hmm. or know-it-alls right that's what i like to call them sometimes because when you go to show them a move they're like yeah i got it and then you look at them and like no you don't <laughs> but they're like no, I, you know, I, I i got it i got it no you don't look at the so a lot of times people don't realize that even though in their mind's eye because we perceive ourselves in one way, and the way other people see us is a different way. So a lot of times what I'll do, and I've said this a hundred times, is that I'll videotape them doing something and then show them. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I said, what do you see? You it's know. a great show. I've done that myself. Mm-hmm. So I have. Yeah. 
you know, you're 100% correct. How do you see yourself in your mind's eye and how, how you actually are moving are two very different things. Even if you put a boxer in front of a, a mirror, mm-hmm. they're watching themselves, but they, they're only, they, they may only be watching their hands. They're not watching their feet. Right. They may be watching their feet and not their hands or their head movement. So when you videotape them and you show them and you can say, look, see that, this is where I want you to improve on. This is fantastic. Mm. Let's say it's a job. Your job is fantastic, but your head movement is lacking. So. If you control your head movement while you're working the job, that way, for me, I'm giving them a compliment and also teaching them without running in and saying, sorry, that's wrong. Don't do that. Do it this way. I find you get better reaction if you lead with a compliment followed by, I would like you to try it this way Mm -hmm. and try improving and try moving your head this way when you throw the job. Just give it a try for me and see the difference. You'll feel the difference. I get a lot more response from especially boys mm. you know as a woman <laughs> when you walk up <laughs> you know so what would you know about boxing plenty son is what I say now let me show you <laughs> so, yes I do get that so that's that's how I would approach situations like that but I do love you're 100% correct to videotape them and show them because then they see themselves in the third dimension is great what you just said it, it just goes to show the level of coach you are because a lot of people would tell someone no 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 or wrong 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 and that only diminishes of course the advancement of that person and the way you're doing it is basically the same way i do it that's okay but try it this way yeah and you know like you said lead with a compliment like i like the way you're doing that let's try it this way and and that leads to more openness more being able to receive the coaching that you're giving them. And that's what makes you world class. Yeah. And, you know, you get better responses to listen and then they want to learn more. Yeah. You feed into their, into them. That they're, they're like sponges. They just want to soak everything up. Mm-hmm. But you teach them one or two points and you let them go away and work on them one or two points. And uh, and they want to come back because they don't feel, I can't right. talk to that coach over there. They keep telling me I do everything wrong. You know, so... I think I find it's a better way of coaching, especially when you're dealing with the juniors and the youths and you're looking at, you know, 12 to 18 years of age. That's the juniors and youths before they move on to, which is which is their preparation for whether they're boxing international level or going professional and heading off in the professional direction. You're giving them a good, good, solid base to start from. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, that's the whole yeah. thing, giving them somewhere to start from. That's important. Yeah. Antoinette, who would you say worldwide is your favorite boxer it could be someone current or someone in the past currently my favorite boxer at the moment well i know there's there's one female boxer out there and that's casey taylor she is just phenomenal and i know she's irish mm-hmm. as well which is great but after <laughs> she's really put women's boxing on them on the map professionally as well as at the amateur mm-hmm. ranks women would not have had the opportunities they've had. They're having now at the moment in training towards an Olympic Games. If it wasn't for Casey Taylor doing what she did in the amateur ranks, mm-hmm. and now she's turning female boxing on its head and really giving it a stage in the professional ranks. She leads from the front constantly. She has so many world titles both amateur and professional, and she's an extremely humble young woman. 
who's just packed full of talent. There's no ego about this woman. She just gets in and does the job. <laughs> so um, I do admire what she's done right. in relation to uh, female boxing all over the world. And there's so many young, more girls. I mean, after the 2012 Olympics, boxing clubs all over Ireland got flooded with young girls who wanted to box after seeing Katie and what she did at the Olympics. Such is such was her um, influence in the sport of boxing at an amateur level, and now she's in the professional. Those young girls, a lot of them, mm-hmm. are still following her today into the professional ranks, and it's great to see. It's great to see somebody who's leading that way and and who's actually in there and doing it her herself, and and is a great uh, representative of women in boxing. So you know, I, I do admire what she's done. The the opportunities she created, those opportunities didn't even exist when I was growing up for girls in this sport. So it is fantastic what she's mm-hmm. done. So she is definitely on top of my list of people I admire very much within this sport. Talking about a sport that was primarily a man's sport, it's now becoming a co-ed sport. What would you like to see different or improved? Ooh, well, yes. What I would love to see, <laughs> they open a big door <laughs> there. People are always looking at me going, oh, here she goes again. Yes, yes. I'd love to see more women become involved. And, and I'm not specifically talking about the boxing mm-hmm. element. I'm talking about the coaching element of it. Um, when you break down exactly how many women are coaching at, whether it be an amateur or even a professional level, I don't see many female coaches in clubs working under other professional coaches, being taught and being mm-hmm. brought along and being given the opportunity to work. There's more and more female boxers becoming involved in the sport, but yet you don't see women working in a team of coaches with that boxer. It's all men. Maybe how the boxer prefers it, I don't know. And until, you know, maybe the door, if we could open that door just a little bit more, and I'm not talking about women coming in and saying, okay, we'd let all run in and leave corners. I'm talking about bringing women in and teaching them. Yeah. All the, the senior coaches who are working in, in uh, with these professional boxers, whether they be male or female, because I always say it's a, it's an awful shame that you have to go female boxers and female coaches. It should be just all one, boxers, coaches. You know, so, but I would love to see the door open a little bit more in professional boxing to see professional uh, uh, coaches bringing in women and putting them through an apprenticeship and teaching them from the very from the very bottom, teaching them. Mm-hmm. If they come in from an amateur level, they already have a basic knowledge. So building that knowledge, because amateur boxing and professional boxing are two very different sports, even though it's all boxing. Very different ways of training. And mm-hmm. Amateur boxing is fast and quick because you have nine minutes to win the fight. Three rounds. Professional boxing is very different. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at different levels and different paces and different ways of going through the various trends. And I would love to see more women become involved at, at that level as professional women's boxing is growing. It'd be nice to see them bring some female coaches, bring them in, teach them from ground level up. And let's see where we are in a few years' time when we have female coaches with the knowledge, the same knowledge, and the same skill being taught at the same level as male coaches in the professional world, I think it would be fantastic. If I could change anything, that's what I would love to change. Would I see it in my lifetime? I don't know. But maybe the next generation, young girls who could be in clubs now, who could be future fantastic coaches heading into the professional ranks as coaches, would be fantastic to see. It would be. It would be. But 
why don't you lead the way? That's, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's good, yes and no. <laughs> you know? It's been said to me a couple of times. I, I, I'm talking to... I'm talking... I'm talking to the best person that can, that can lead that charge. So, young lady, I do, you need yeah. to do something here. This is your opportunity. You spoke. You spoke up. Now you have to come and find a That's way it, to yeah. lead that. That exactly. That, that exactly. Path. Be the leader. The, I and I know you're a leader. I know you are. And I, I'm just challenging you because you're you're an amazing person. You've you love boxing. I mean, who better? to to lead this and lead this this new match if you think of it of course and for women to really have that opportunity and let's not make it not in your lifetime but let's make it because of your lifetime absolutely it would be fantastic yeah i know definitely fantastic as they say don't just talk to talk walk to walk <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> i know Definitely, definitely. Well, you never know. This time next year, we could be having another conversation again. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I know. I I want to know. I want to know. So <laughs> you need to take some steps, and take some action, and get things rolling, and start yeah. talking to everybody and, and anybody listening to this podcast who's in the in the boxing world needs to understand that. Watch out because boxing's only going to get better because we're going to have. Antoinette leading the way. Please, <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> God. <laughs> you know, watch this space. Isn't that what they say? Watch this space. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you, you've actually trained seven provincial champions, right? Four national champions, yep. two international champions, yep. and one senior elite finalist. What is, how does that make you feel? What, what's your feeling behind it? It's like what you, you have to be so proud and your husband has to be so proud. And I know he's in the business also. Oh, of course he is. My husband's always proud of me and what I do and what I achieve in boxing. For me, it's just, I am proud of what I achieved. As I said, with my father, he was always he was always delighted to see me get there. But I always say, when, when we train a champion, it's not one individual training a champion, but a team. So it's always a team. So if I bring, right. if we go to a competition and our boxer wins, whether a provincial or, or, or a, a, an international or a national, it's the team of coaches that works with them. So I'm part of a team. Um, so it's, there's, the way I work is, is there's no such thing as I. It's a team. It's me and another coach. And it could be a nutritionist mm-hmm. and a strength and conditioning coach and, and working with them uh, mentally, working with them physically. Because, you know, they always say it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a team to build a champion, yeah. you know. So I would be proud of what we have achieved in training these champions at provincial, international and national level. I know. So, yes, it's it's great. It's great. It's really good when you're at international level that when your boxer stands up on a podium and you see the Irish flag and the Irish uh, national anthem being played. There's nothing will bring a tear to your eye. Mm. You know the hard work has paid off of everybody mm-hmm. involved. You know, so yeah, right, right. very proud. Always have been. So let's talk about two things. First one, I want to talk about bare knuckle boxing. Oof. What? Yeah, uh, my same feeling because. We have gloves for a reason, right? Yes. And, and bare knuckle boxing was it used to happen a long time ago, and now it's it's happening in the United States as well. Certain states here are allowing that to happen, 
And when I see the results after a finish, they're more dramatic than when when it's traditional boxing where, you know, there's gloves on. So what are your thoughts on that? I don't think it's good. Bare knuckle boxing is is not good. I mean, the damage alone that you do to your, your physical body, your hands, you know, it could be irreparable damage. I mean, bone hitting skull when you're hitting somebody in the head is, is not good. Mm-hmm. Insurance-wise, I, I don't understand how it could be sanctioned and even, you know, getting insurance and stuff like that. It just it just couldn't be good. Right. Um, I just, you know, for me, that's not the sweet science. The bare knuckle boxing is not the sweet science of boxing. It's it's just not the art of boxing. Boxing is think a man's game. And anybody who says different, and most people who don't know boxing think it's two people who get in a ring and just hit each other. It's not. There's an awful lot of technical and tactical right. uh, abilities that go into that, how to move, how to use when you're trying to train, say, a universal boxer, a boxer who can box a close distance, middle distance, long distance, who can face any opponent, who could switch up their style to win a match. You, you don't get that training in bare-knuckle boxing. Bare-knuckle boxing is just not on the same level mm-hmm. as boxing. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people may disagree with me and they're entitled to disagree with me, but for my own humble opinion, it's not It's not a sport for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm with you on that. As exciting as it may look, the damage that these fighters are getting is, it's not, it's not good. No. I mean, you listen, in real life, it is bare knuckle, right? Yeah. If somebody attacks you, yeah, you don't say, hang on a minute, wait a minute, I want to put no. gloves on. Yeah. That doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and thinking about that, when I was a kid, I was, I had an altercation with, with another boy. We started fighting and I couldn't hit him. I actually went to punch him and he, he, ducked and he weaved and he moved yeah. and I punched the garage door and I was like oh and, and so that my knuckles hit I expected to hit him in the head I hit I hit the garage door so that was not good so yeah so his dad he, here's the cool thing his dad came out and he stopped us and he goes why are you guys fighting and we you know we told him ah, blah 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 and then he goes yeah okay you both come over here. Yeah. And he he gave us gloves. Yeah. And now we're boxing. Now, not only did that kid become my friend, we had different issues with each other. But after that, you know, that we were able to actually fight and we both had a good time. It was no longer an actual fight. It was more like a camaraderie. There you go. Yeah. We were enjoying what we were doing. And I didn't know that his dad was an amateur boxer, so that's why he had the gloves and everything in the house. But that that was my first introduction to boxing when I actually punched the wall or the, or the garage door <laughs> instead of the person. That that was a good experience for me. And then I understood, oh wow, you know, this there's more to than you you know you think you're gonna punch someone. Absolutely. And bam, they're not there. And what is that? How do you do that? So now I'm, I got curious. I wanted to learn. How do you, you know, I couldn't hit him. Why couldn't I hit him? And then his dad started showing me some stuff. So I got lucky that this kid and I did not like each other. And because of that fight, I, we actually became friends and we would box on a regular basis, him and I, no longer fighting, but boxing, a camaraderie that we 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 both got because the kid knew how to box because his dad was teaching him. Yeah. And he never told anybody. Nobody knew he knew how to box. And and so it, it was it was very interesting. When I think about it, had I had a glove on when I hit that garage door, it would have felt better. Of course. Yeah. I know. 
Because one of your countrymen had a boxing match. It, it was worldwide televised and pay-per-view and everything. Conor McGregor, when he fought Floyd Mayweather. What mm. were your thoughts on that? <laughs> 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 it was a good entertaining show. <laughs> it was, there you go. That's, that's correct. It was entertaining. Exactly. It wasn't a real yeah. match no, of boxing, you know, I would say. Yeah, you it know, was a good entertaining it, it, show. I think... It did what it was supposed to, to do. They both made a lot of money on it and the coverage on it as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, Floyd May- Mayweather's Mayweather. And, you know, he's just a legend <laughs> in his own right. So, yes, I know. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it wasn't a real boxing match to me. It was, it was, like you said, entertaining. Entertaining. A lot of people, they either love a boxer or they hate a boxer. Yeah. Isn't it ironic how people choose a boxer because of maybe they, you know, they know a person or they filed with a person and then whoever they're going to fight, boo, they boo them and, and, and they don't like them. But one of those, the things that, that started getting people to understand a boxer a little deeper is when they do those special pay-per-view coming attraction, coming fights and they start showing, you know, how the boxers are training, how they're living. They show their families, and and they they put a, a human touch behind the boxer. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's fantastic because um, you get to know the person as much as you're allowed to know a boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to see uh, how much time and effort actually goes into getting preparation uh, for a fight, the sacrifices that the families have to make. If their, you know, their husband or partner or or father is, has to go off maybe for three months to a training camp, they don't get to see them mm-hmm. because they're they're one hundred percent in their training camp preparing for maybe could be the fight of their career. Right. So they're at home and they don't see them. So you get to see the sacrifices that's made all around a fighter, mm-hmm. including the sacrifices the fighter makes themselves, because it's not an easy lifestyle. 
and anybody thinking, oh, I'm going to go into boxing, become a world champion and make millions, you're actually codding yourself. It's not that easy. No. <laughs> and it takes an awful lot of hard work and dedication and talent mm-hmm. as well. I, I think they're great. And I love to see when, when the two opponents are sitting down and uh, uh, before a fight uh, across the table from each other. Mm. And you will see them sitting around the table and they'll have a little spark off each other and stuff like that. But it's nice to see all of that. I think for the general public who wouldn't know much about boxing, I think it gives them a little bit more insight into the lifestyle it takes mm-hmm. to be and to get to where they are and the level that it takes in the many years right. of training that, that it's taken to get there. So, right. yes, no, I think it's good. I think it's really good. Because it brings the, the emotion out in people because all of a sudden they they didn't realize you know, what that boxer's going through or what they've been through or, you know, the adversity they've had to face in order to get to where they are. And and I think that show has really opened the curtain up and and, and gone behind the scenes and shown what, I mean, and we don't really get to see everything, but it's a little peek. It's a little bit of open the curtain a little bit for a little minute for a minute, exactly. just to see it's what it's like, but it's yeah. no, it, it, but you can't see no. everything because there's so much that goes on with, with all the training that, you know, when you're training for a camp, are you training twice? A, what not only are you have your conditioning, you have your nutrition, you're lifting weights, you, you, you're doing battling ropes, you're throwing balls, you're doing ab work, you're doing everything, you know, jump rope, speed bag, heavy bag, different partner fighting and all that stuff. So, or sparring. And, and that's something that when you think about it, my gosh, that, that's exhausting, right? Of course. Takes dedication, including getting up at half four in the <laughs> yes. morning to hit the roads and do your running. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, no matter what the weather, <laughs> yes. Yes. you know what I mean? It is dedication. So, yes, it's always good to see a little snapshot. For those who, who wouldn't know about the preparation of somebody preparing for a fight, mm-hmm. it gives them a little idea of how much hard work goes into it. Mm-hmm. I know from the boxer, their families, their coaches, yeah. everybody in the gap background. As I said, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a team to train a world champion. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. And it's the mentality, right? If you, say, if you had to look at a team, there's always got to be someone who's the leader of that team. Who would you say that would be? The leader of the team would be the head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's that head coach that spends ninety nine point nine percent of the time with his boxer or her boxer, and they are the ones who put in the supports, such as nutrition, to to make sure that the boxer gets everything that they need, whether it's you know psychology, strength condition, nutrition. All, all of that is kind of of stuff. It's the head coach that runs all of that, and it's the head coach that knows our boxer inside it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't always give credit to the head coach. I know, yeah. Especially if if there's a a, a very world famous type of boxer where they're in the spotlight. Yeah, and you really don't see the coach, but now. Because of these type of shows, we do get to see the coaches and and everybody who is part of the team. Because, like you said, it's not a the boxer is not the only person in that fight. When yes, he's the only one facing his opponent, but because of all the hard work that went into making him available to be there for that day, 
to get him ready, to get him prepped, to mentally help him along. Because if a boxer is not mentally prepared, he can step into the ring, but he will not have a good night. You know, so, yeah, all all of those things. But it's the head coach. Mm-hmm. The head coach is who takes care of it because, as I said, they know their boxer inside out. Um, and, and they're the ones at the end of the day. If the boxer goes in and something goes wrong, they ha- they're the ones giving the tactics in the corner. They're the ones changing the fight, changing the dynamics, guiding their boxer. And at the end of the day, when if they come back out, and if they do lose, whether it be on a split decision or not, they're the ones that will pick that boxer back up off the floor and improve on where it is that they may have fallen down to make sure that that doesn't happen again mm. and bring them along and bring them back in. So, yes, the head coach. What are your feelings on a person that fights both sides, an ambidextrous fighter? What are your feelings? Oh, a switcher. Yeah. yeah. Very tricky. Yeah. Yes, a switcher. Yeah, very. Very, very tricky. But it's not an easy thing to do. A lot of fighters might try it. And, and I've seen this in some fights mm-hmm. where they could be orthodox and then, you know, they'll describe themselves as a switcher and they just switch the southpaw, they slow right down. They're not as fast on their feet. Their punches are not as quick and their head movement is not as good. Mm. So I wouldn't describe them as right. switchers. But I have seen some fighters out there who are very, very good at it. And that when they go from left to right, and it's a very good tactic as well mm-hmm. in the ring, they're very hard to study mm-hmm. if, if you have them as an opponent because if they can fight ambidextrous on both sides. You may be delivering a tactic to your boxer and all of a sudden this person is switching, your tactic has to change. You know, so because what you may have, the tactic you may have given won't work if they're in southpaw and then all of a sudden they switch to orthodox, so it must change again. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Twitchers are very interesting people to fight. Yeah, as a coaches from a coach's aspect, they're very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> but they are. You need to put an awful lot yeah. of study yeah. into the opponent and watch a lot of their fights to see how they move. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if 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 you have them as an opponent, if you have them as your boxer, even better again. You know, so <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that's just me. But yeah, switchers. I guess when when you know your your boxers fighting a uh, a switcher. You need to let them fight South Poles and Orthodox yeah. right, at the same time. So they they would have to fight both. They would have to train with people who are both orth, Orthodox and South Pole, right? So <laughs> it, it just brings more more element to, to the match. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they can help a lot more study. He knows yes. the hard work switches are. So yeah. yes, but in preparations, yes, you would bring both South Poles and Orthodox boxers in. You know, and boxers who can't switch. So they get an idea from one person switching from both, you know, at the same time. So you'd have a good mixture, right. you know, to give them mm-hmm. to give them as much experience as possible. Antoinette, let, let me ask you if not not just in, in boxing, but what advice would you give someone if they, they said, you know, I want to help other people. I want to, you know, because you're not just a, a boxing coach. You're also doing fitness yeah. and you're doing nutrition. If someone wanted to become a coach, what advice would you give them? To, to, to get into that industry. The advice I would give them is to, if it's just boxing, to find a good club and go in and speak to the head coach mm. and tell them that you're interested in learning and that you want to learn. And not to be afraid of to walk into a club and if you're handed a bucket and a sweet and brush, sweep the floors and mop the floors. That's part of it as well. It's all part of the learning experience of being around other coaches of watching, listening, watching the fighters, watching the dynamics in the club. In relation to fitness, 
I went to college. It's a good path for anybody to go no matter what age. Mm -hmm. You can always go back to education. I went to college to get Mm -hmm. the degrees that I needed on paper and to get more education into how the structure of the body works for fitness with nutrition and everything else. So both back to school and find yourself a good club with, with coaches and a head coach in there who would be willing to put a bit of time and effort. But if you do, you must show up. If, if a club door opens the, opens the door to you and says, come on in and we'll teach you w- what we can, but you'll start from the bottom and work your way up, that's great. But you must show up. Mm. You know, there's no point in going in and doing it half-heartedly. You're there one day and you're gone the next and then you're there the day after that. If it's something you're truly interested in and passionate about, show up. Be there, be reliable, and be early. Yeah, be early. Be there before the head coach lands, standing at that door waiting on that club to open. Be early. Yeah, there you go. Be early. And be willing to listen. I know. Always listen. That's great advice for everyone. It doesn't matter. Even if you have a regular job, don't just show up at, you know, if you're supposed to be at a certain time, don't show up a minute before. Early. Ten minutes before. Exactly. show up with enough time maybe maybe earlier <laughs> half hour an hour because you know what you you learn so much you know as a person who I'm a very very much a people watcher yeah and when I watch people I'm looking at what they they're doing how they're doing it and the results that they're getting I'm an, always analyzing and I'm not judging mm. I'm not judging people I'm analyzing. I'm seeing what their actions produce. Because for every action, there's a reaction, right? So it's important It's important for us to, if we're going to, like you said, you know, go in and sweep the floors and mop and no. clean the windows. Yeah. If you have to clean the bathrooms, do it. But yeah. a lot of people are not willing to do that part. They believe it's below them. It's beneath them. And that's the wrong attitude. Because how can you learn the ropes if you don't even know anything you know if you you know how do you learn body yeah. mechanics if you can't sweep <laughs> right? if you can't mop <laughs> you know that daniel's son wax on wax off right so it, yeah. it's that principle of you have to move your body right and one of the you know yeah. key ingredients that you talked about is is watch watch those you want to emulate because the more you watch them, the more you, secrets will come out. Something that they may never say a word, but by watching that body language, their actions, you can get so much from that. It, it's it's really incredible when we think of what we can learn just from watching. Yes, exactly. That's my motto. You know, if you're around it, open your eyes, pay attention, watch and listen open your mind and always be prepared to listen and take advice. I know. So there's no point in going in going, I know everything. You know nothing. Just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) You need to always remember, if if you go in with, I know everything, you will learn nothing. I know. There's no such thing as, I know everything. You're always learning. Every day. No matter what level you're at, no matter who, who the person is. No matter how good they are at, at boxing or coaching or, or administrating, there's always something to learn from other people just from watching. 
Yeah. There is always something to learn. I know. So, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. Antoinette, this has been so much fun. And you taught me so much today. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. I don't think so, but, you know, hopefully your listeners will enjoy it as well. But I really enjoyed it to you today, Raphael. And thank you so much for accommodating me and, and doing this. I really appreciate it. No, no bother at all. It was a pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much. You have an amazing day. And so you too, Raphael. Enjoy your, enjoy your day. Yes, you too. Have fun. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Sifu Raphael. Thank you and I really appreciate your help.